0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Revoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey,
1: everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Oh, hey, Keith. What's up? Oh, you know, I'm here hanging out in New York and Billboard's fabulous new office in Times Square. How are you? Yeah,
2: you're right in the middle of things, right where it all
1: happens. I mean, literally, we're like seriously in Times Square. Like if you look out our windows, you can see the uh, New Year's Eve, you know, ball on one side. And you can see like the other end of time. Like we're literally in Times Square. Like it's crazy.
2: It's just TRL, late 90s all over again.
1: Yeah, weirdly, like, Billboard used to be in the same building as TRL, like, 20 years ago, and now it's, like, full circle. We're kind of back in Times Square again, so crazy. Well, I'm,
2: in, I'm here in beautiful gray Los Angeles, where it's raining. It's been raining since you left.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it never rains in Southern California, ah, except... except when it does. Except when it does. Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and weather on Billboard's weekly charts, in addition you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This
2: week, we've got chart news about Post Malone and Sway Lee, A Boogie with a Hoodie, Benny Blanco, plus news about Alicia Keys hosting the Grammy Awards, Selena Gomez's return to Instagram, and the tragic passing of theater legend Carol Channing.
1: Plus, we've got an interview with Gray. The brother duo of Kyle and Michael Trawatha stopped by recently to chat about their brand new single, "Want You Back, their reaction to their three Grammy Award nominations for the runaway hit, The Middle, and more, including how they are doing something they've never really done before on record or live, Sing. Yes, really. So stick around for that a little bit later. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's hit three of the biggest headlines on the charts. First up, Post Malone notches his third number one on the Billboard Hot 100, as Sunflower, with Sway Lee, tops the chart. It's also the first leader for Lee. The song, which is from the soundtrack to the hit animated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, is the highest charting song from any Spider-Man film, having surpassed the number three peak of Hero from the 2002 Spider-Man movie. And of course, that song was by Chad Kroger featuring Josie Scott. Of course. now, Of course. I mean... That's one of your favorite songs, right? Katie? Uh,
2: I just thought it was by Nickelback if I'm being honest.
1: Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Well, uh I mean maybe I mean maybe a fair amount of other people thought it was also by Nickelback too if you thought it was. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, um anyway, uh <laughs> back back to back to our regularly scheduled chart notes. Sunflower also breaks into the top 10 on the all genre radio songs chart, rising 14 to 10. It jumps two to one on the streaming songs chart and holds at number one for a second week on the digital song sales chart. Um, so I was wondering this, and this is not part of our notes, but I was asking Gary Trust, who manages the Hot 100. I said, oh, hey, Gary, is this the first time like a song from a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie has gone to number one? And he said, well, I don't think this movie counts as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the MCU, as, you know, those in the know call it. And I said, but really, isn't Spider-Man a Marvel character? And that's when I found it fell into a rabbit hole. Um, And Katie can appreciate this, because I tend to do this. Um, It turns out Spider-Man is not really technically fully part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of some sort of, like, Rights and legal thing where like Marvel doesn't have the full rights to Spider-Man. It's sort of like they have to license out the character sometimes. It's a little bit confusing. So yeah, this isn't technically a full-fledged Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Who knew?
2: Well, yeah. There's there's all these other Spider-Man movies. The you know Spider-Man Homecoming, and then there's one I forget what it's called. Maybe Spider-Man Far From Home that's coming out this spring, Mm -hmm. and those ones starring Tom Holland and that's who's pl- he's like in the Avengers movies and stuff so like those I guess are considered part of that but the animated one is it I don't know
1: well I I'm I'm checking <laughs> I'm checking and it sounds like you just knocked over a whole bunch of stuff over there no I'm um, just am shuffling my script well boy on this <laughs> on this and in New York the sound quality is so high I hear everything you do yikes um Um, evidently Spider-Man Far From Home and Spider-Man Homecoming are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but this particular animated film into the Spider-Verse isn't technically part of it. Oh, God, I don't know. Marvel I feel like we
2: just fell into the Spider-Verse by having this conversation. (laughs) Did, Did we fall
1: into the web of confusion? Yes. That Spidey has- Oh, f- Marvel fans that happen to listen to the podcast, feel free to tweet us and correct us if we're wrong, because I would like to know this because it's very confusing. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Next, rapper A Boogie Wit the Hoodie climbs to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart with Hoodie Season, earning 58,000 equivalent album units in the week ending January 10th, according to Nielsen Music. Notably of that sum, just 1,000 were in album sales, The rest of the units were comprised primarily of units derived from streaming activity for the album. Now, that's pretty standard these days, considering a lot of hip-hop albums are very streaming-driven and don't sell a whole lot of albums in terms of traditional album sales. Um, Interestingly, that 1000 sum is the smallest number of sales that a number one album has registered since the Billboard 200 began ranking titles by consumption units, in late 2014. Uh, Before that, it was just an album sales chart. And then after that, after December 2014, it began ranking albums, you know, based on a blend of album sales, streaming activity, and track equivalent albums, Uh, you know, a very sort of fancy recipe in order to produce the top most popular albums of the week. Um, It's interesting because, you know, the most popular album of the week just sold very little. But it also says something about how you know, streaming has dominated hip-hop in such a forceful way in the past few years. And it is such, like, a non-issue. It's, like, something that hip-hop fans don't even really think about. Like, it seems like. Like, they don't even buy albums so much anymore. Yeah, it's just
2: how they listen now.
1: Yeah. Um, But that doesn't mean that this is the top-selling album of the week. Uh, The top-selling album of the week is actually Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born soundtrack, and it sold uh, 21,000 copies this week. So... The top-selling album still sold 21,000 copies, which is still obviously a small number in the grand scheme of things, but the most popular album of the week, A Boogie's album, only sold 1,000 copies. So, you know, the times, they are, well, a-changin'. Moving on, hit songwriter and producer Benny Blanco hits the top 10 on the Hot 100 for the first time as an artist with Eastside. The track features Halsey and Khalid on vocals. Now, Blanco has written and or produced more than 50 hits on the Hot 100 for other acts, but this is just the second time he's charted as the credited artist on a song. And, as we already mentioned, this is his first time visiting the top 10 as an artist. Katie, do you want to guess how many top 10s he's now earned as a songwriter?
2: Well, I just feel like a lot of Ed Sheeran songs are going to be there. (laughs) Yeah. My guess would be um, 15. 27. Whoa.
1: Kind of a few. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to have Benny Blanco's money or talent for that matter. Um, And, you know, he's actually produced 26 top tens now. He didn't necessarily produce every song he wrote, hence the difference in totals. Um, For example, he co-wrote Maroon 5's top 10 hit, Animals, but he didn't actually produce it. Conversely, all 26 of the top 10s that he produced, he also had a writing credit on. Um, Among the songs he's written include a bevy of number ones, including Kesha's TikTok, Katy Perry's California Girls, Maroon 5's Moves Like Jagger, Rihanna's diamonds, Justin Bieber's "Love Yourself." It's kind of overwhelming hmm. um, the hit-making power that Mr. Blanco has. Um, fun fact, and I, I sort of mentioned this obliquely uh, on East Side. Benny Blanco doesn't have any vocals, though he is credited as the artist. It's kind of like a Mark Ron- Ronson. I guess so. It's kind of like a Ronson, or like. You know, in a weird tangential thing like a DJ Khaled sort of thing. I mean, obviously the difference is Benny Blanco, you know, really has a hand in you know the instrumentation and the. I think Mark of
2: Ronson it. is probably the good analogy because yeah. it's like he he created this whole song and then had vocalists sing on it.
1: Right. Yeah. DJ Khaled isn't exactly the the best kind of parallel there, but you know, it's in the same sort of world ish kind of. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's it for the uh, amazing chart news this week. Let's move
2: on to some news over from billboard.com, including the biggest news of Tuesday morning that Alicia Keys will be hosting the 2019 Grammy Awards. Wow. The Yeah. It's totally, it's very interesting news. Like I can envision it, but you know, you don't think of Alicia in a hosting role, you know, it's, no. It's, but at the same time, she's so charismatic and, An incredible speaker, and is so heartfelt that it feels like a pretty pretty good
1: choice. Also a multi-Grammy award winner herself.
2: Yes, 15-time Grammy winner, actually. She posted a video of the moment that she found out that she'd been picked to host the show, captioning the clip, I'm so excited to announce that I'll be hosting the 61st annual Grammy Awards. There's so much in store, and I can't wait for y'all to see it all come to life. In the 9-minute video, Keys hops on a phone call and gets the big news from her manager, Johnny Wright. He says to her, "What would you say if I told you that you have a chance to host the whole damn thing?" And then Alicia responds, "Wait, what? Are you serious?" She then begins dancing and shouting before joking, "Wait, what if I don't want to do it?" Yeah, <laughs> why, were, is, why were
1: you recording the video if you weren't going to do it, Alicia? I'm guessing.
2: I'm guessing Johnny told her assistant record this in case she says yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but she also had a statement about the news, um, saying, I know what it feels like to be on that stage, and I'm going to bring that vibe and energy. I'm so excited to be the master of ceremonies on the biggest night in music and celebrate the creativity, power, and magic. I'm especially excited for all the incredible women nominated this year. It's going up on February 10th, not down. It's going up. Um, and as she said, uh, the 61st Grammy Awards will air on Sunday, February 10th on CBS. At eight PM Eastern and five PM for us here in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, and it's, uh, I, I'm I'm super pumped about this. I'm super pumped too because that means you or I may actually talk to Alicia Keys on the night exactly. of the Grammy Awards at the
2: exactly. Grammys. Yeah, they're usually cool and have the host come through before the show even. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, our next headline is that uh, Selena Gomez returned to Instagram on Monday to wish everyone a Happy New Year and reflect on her past few months. The post marks her first Instagram appearance September 23rd, when she let fans know that she was taking a social media break. Shortly after, she reportedly entered a treatment facility for anxiety and depression, though she is yet to speak publicly about that. Um, Her Monday message to fans, however, was upbeat and looking forward to 2019.
1: Can I just pause for a second? Yes. So, okay. Can we put this in context of why we care at all about Selena Gomez returning to Instagram? Is she well, still the most followed person on she Instagram? She isn't
2: anymore. So she was as of September when she stepped away. Okay. And she actually lost that title in October. Um, and which was exactly when she was uh, getting treatment, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and obviously people stopped checking in on her because she said she was taking a break. Got um it. and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the soccer player, is who, uh, is who took over that uh, most followed on Instagram title. But
1: do we know? And I hate to put you on the spot. Is no. she still the f- most followed uh, musical artist?
2: Oh, as far as I know, but um, I don't know that offhand. I I only well, know that uh, that Cristiano uh, like. Jumped her, so I don't know if anybody else got it. Got any other it, musicians came in above her since. The then. point
1: is, she's hugely influential on Instagram, and her oh, breaking yeah. her silence is a big deal.
2: Absolutely, yeah. and um, it's also—I mean, people have just been waiting to hear anything from her and to hear this super, um, you know, positive message, which I will now share with you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Selena wrote, "Quote: It's been a while since you have heard from me, but I wanted to wish everyone a happy new year and to thank you for your love and support." Last year was definitely a year of self-reflection, challenges, and growth. It's always those challenges which show you who you are and what you are capable of overcoming. Trust me, it's not easy, but I am proud of the person I am becoming and look forward to the year ahead. Love you all. Um, you know, though she stepped away from social media, it's it's not like she's disappeared from the spotlight altogether. Um, she actually had her collaboration with DJ Snake, Cardi B, and Ozuna called Taki Taki. That came out in September, and it's so far peaked at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100. And it's topped both the Hotland songs and Latin Airplay charts. Um, and the video came out while she was, uh, you know, away from social media as well. So, you know, people have been hearing and seeing Selena uh, since then. Um, and she was also photographed last month, her first like public appearance when she was out snow tubing with her friends, which looked really awesome, <laughs> right before yeah.
1: Christmas. I wonder if, um, I mean, obviously she was taking a break for social media for a very specific and personal reason. Though I wonder, you know, you know, will more artists just kind of take you know cues from people like Beyonce or like Frank Ocean, who are just like, look. I'm just not going to share much of anything in terms yeah. of statements or anything um, aside from maybe the occasional photo without a caption. You know when, when, and if I desire to choose to do so, because um, I think it just in this day and age, social media is just so weird, and it can do such weird, it can do such a trip, especially on celebrities. So like maybe yeah. it's better to like take a take a step back. Well, and
2: I don't want to pretend like, you know, I know know what's going on in Selena's brain, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, the relationship that she has with her fans is pretty unique because she grew up with them and has been active on social media since she was, you know, a teenager. And I I think that she probably feels like she owes it to these people that she's cultivated this relationship with to, like, keep them posted and keep them involved in her life. And that's probably a detrimental thing to her. And so the fact that she was allowed to just step back or allowed herself to step back um, is probably really healthy. And, you know, now she's back. Yeah. So and hopefully that means new music soon. But we'll keep you posted on that front. Um, uh, A little sad news to uh, end my pop shop news segment. Uh, Carol Channing, the musical comedy star who delighted American audiences over almost 5000 performances as Dolly Levi and Hello Dolly on Broadway and beyond, has died at age 97.
0: Hello Harry well, hello Louie it's so nice to be back home where I feel.
3: You're looking swell
2: Many Her publicist said that Channing died of natural causes early Tuesday morning in Rancho Mirage, California. She had twice suffered strokes in the last year. Um, In addition to her Broadway legacy, Channing often appeared on television and in nightclubs for a time partnering with George Burns in Las Vegas and for a national tour. She made only a few movies, notably The First Traveling Sales Lady with Ginger Rogers and Thoroughly Modern Millie with Julie Andrews. Over the years, Channing continued as Dolly in national tours, the last in 1996 when she was in her 70s. Sure. So that is her, I mean, it's just her role. It always has been.
1: It's, it's, it is it's is one of those uh, – it was one of those roles that is so closely identified with one specific performer. Yep. Um, and that's – I mean, I don't know how rare that is because I don't – I'm not a musical theater expert by any stretch of the imagination. But um, when you mention the words Carol Channing, you think, hello, Dolly, and vice yep. versa. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, a, a chart, a chart tidbit. Um, Katie and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, the Hello Dolly cast album, of which obviously Carol Channing was a huge part of, uh, hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart back in 1964. So, though she wasn't credited as you know the artist for that album, obviously she was the driving force behind its success. So she she has a bit of a you know chart trivia history behind her as well. Indeed. And now it's time for our interview with Gray. Uh, the brother duo of Grey blew up big time in 2018 with their smash single, The Middle, with Zed and Marin Morris. And now they are back with, believe it or not, their first single since The Middle was released a full year ago. Their new track, Want You Back, features vocalist Leon, or Leon, uh, depends on how you pronounce it. There's an accent on the E, and I apologize, Leon, in advance if I have mangled that pronunciation. <laughs> Um, and uh, this promises to be the first of a lot of new music from the duo. We chatted with the guys about the production of Want You Back and how they thought the single felt like future pop, they say. Um, We also asked them about their reaction to their Grammy Award nominations for the middle and how they're about to do something they've never done professionally before, sing on record and in front of people. So... Take a listen to our interview with Gray.
0: Like a coat that
3: I sold in the summer and I'm cold and I want you back. I not you back. Like an old baby doll that some other kid stole, I want you back.
1: Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Gray. Hello. Hello. Thank you, Thank you for having us. Kyle and Michael, uh, thanks for doing this. And first off... Congratulations on your three Grammy Award nominations (laughs) Uh, for The Middle for Best Pop Duo Group Performance, Song of the Year, and Record of the Year, Uh, though it has been a few weeks since the nominations came out. um, Full disclosure, we're actually recording this kind of right after the Grammy nominations have come out. But by the time you're hearing it, They've been out for a little bit. Correct. Mm. <laughs> but we're still getting a fresh reaction from yeah. you two. Yes. So how does it feel to have these three Grammy nominations, your first Grammy nominations?
3: So insane. We yeah, did not incredible. think we'd even get nominated whatsoever. Like
1: This yeah. is Michael talking, by this the way. This is Michael talking, yeah. yeah. Just crazy.
2: And then to be in like song and record of the year yeah. specifically is insane.
3: Yeah, yeah, like when I was finding out like the first nomination, I was like, oh that's so crazy. What the hell freaking out? And then the second one, I was like wait, what? There's a second one? It keeps and then, going. And I looked further and then I saw the pop duo thing and I was like,
1: wait, oh my gosh, this <laughs> is so crazy. It just oh. keeps going. Yeah. Um, you know, the song which you performed alongside Zed and Marin Morris and also co-wrote and co-produced um, premiered in January of 2018 and its official music video premiered during the Grammy Awards mm-hmm. that same month. So it's like a full circle moment yeah. now to have these, like for a song that you kind of like premiered officially to the world during the Grammy Awards, is now yeah. being recognized at the next Grammy Awards. Yeah, that's weird. weird. Have you picked works. out your outfits already? <laughs> like, you know,
3: we're actually looking at
1: Dior's
3: new line.
1: Oh. Okay. <laughs> it might be cool. You, ha- you have that power now, you know, after. I'm
3: <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Our stylist was like, yeah, you guys should,
1: should wear this. See, the fact it's that you good. have a stylist, that means things have changed a lot. <laughs> Can you she- just
4: we yeah she started like out doing our stuff for our music videos and we've kind of just taken her yeah and, and you kept stole her you stole her, stole her. <laughs> you, 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 you've retained her yeah she lives in her i don't closet. think i don't think he, I,
1: I, yeah, she, she lives at, she lives at your apartment great she's never gonna get out um the song actually finished 2018 as the number eight this is chart stuff Billboard, He's the charts. co-director
2: of charts, so he'll give you the chart stats now. Senior director. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a
1: relatively recent new title. Um, so the song finished 2018 as the number eight biggest song on Billboard's year-end Hot 100 chart, uh, the number two song of the year on our year-end Pop Songs chart, meaning it was the number two biggest song on Top 40 Radio, mm. and the number one Hot Dance electronic song of 2018, and it also had more weeks at number one on that chart than any other song in history um that's all. <laughs> that's all so Man. basically you can kind of retire now right like you're buying house and stuff I mean like what what how has your life changed in the past 12 months since it's been effectively a year since the middle came out
4: um mm. I th- yeah I think we we've actually been spending a lot of our time focusing on singing because um, we're actually going to be moving into singing on our own stuff, so
1: which would surprise people, right? Because you haven't have you done a
4: lot of singing previously? Um, no. So Michael's never sang in his life actually until this. We started taking lessons probably three or four months ago. Oh wow! Are both but aren't both of your
1: are both of your vocals on the middle somewhere? I um, this? no. So
4: our vocals aren't on the middle. Okay,
1: but uh, they were on starving. They were on starving. Star- okay, very hidden. <laughs> they were very but, <laughs> under uh,
4: Haley somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that's not really the answer you were going for. Like, there's there's, not much has really changed for us, actually, other than just, like, we've, we're shifting our focus a little bit and trying mm-hmm. to focus on singing instead of producing.
1: Has it been easy to sort of focus, considering all the success around the song? Or are you just like, nope, everything's the same. We're the same folks we were a year <laughs> ago.
4: Yeah, our friends actually don't really
1: care about that's kind
4: of good our success even better yeah like all of our friends don't really care so
1: (laughs) nothing really changes in our life Mm. that's that's what i found at least (laughs) like professionally things have changed obviously yeah yeah yeah,
4: like professionally it gets easier to work with people who we want to work with and that's all really cool but when it comes to our like everyday life nothing changes (laughs) (laughs) you're like nope i'm still the same person i was
3: a couple more snapchats sent just, just yeah. social
1: media changes a little
3: bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People sending them at a club listening to the middle which, every day. Oh, you still? Yeah. Oh,
1: hey, it's like yes, the middle is still playing. Yeah. It's playing somewhere right now, wherever you are at. Yeah. It's playing somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah. you have
2: a, a new song that's out now called "Want You Back." Yep. Um, yes. And is that your first single since the middle? Yes. Yeah. yeah
1: which yeah, is crazy.
3: So long.
4: Yeah. It took like a year off. How did
2: how did that all come together?
4: Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got a demo from um these writers named Callie and Joe and it was really up our alley. It just felt like future pop. Um and then we did a, couple, a version of it probably a year ago actually. Um and yeah, we've just been working uh trying to I don't know get it into the right spot for a while and then mm-hmm. we got leon um we we've been like listening to leon for a, a while and we're really That's into the, her stuff she's, she's a vocalist yeah. on the song yeah
1: um you're already a fan of hers and yeah we beforehand.
4: we we'd been listening to her music for months and we're like man she's so good she sounds like the swedish adele or something mm.
1: her, <laughs> her her voice is soup there's a certain kind of and I don't know if, if that's how she normal. I'm not super familiar with her, but the way she sings the song, there's a certain kind of the way she phrases words and mm-hmm. the way that she had, the tone in her voice is very distinct. Yeah. Um, and I, is that, is that, is that, how, is that how she normally sings or is that kind yeah. of specific to yeah. this song? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She has a beautiful a very voice. like
3: Swedish accent. Swedish yeah. pop. You can't go wrong with that.
1: You yeah. can't. No? It's our favorite. For, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, did you, did, um, did she record her part in Sweden or Stockholm or did she come here and do it with? Like no, with you we guys, did, we did in L. A. together. Okay, nice. yeah, a little bit different than Stockholm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a side story about going to Stockholm and seeing the the studio where Max Martin produced Britney and InSync. Mm. It doesn't even look like a studio; it's not even a studio anymore. And the
2: album museum too. Oh, I yeah. went to the album museum
1: too. It's amazing. <laughs> Crazy. Sorry, that's this podcast is not about me, but just saying um, go but go to Stockholm if you haven't been there.
4: Yeah.
2: So you said you'd already heard of her, but d- then did you you know pursue her to be on the song, or how did that happen?
4: Yeah, we kinda just asked our manager to go. Like, I feel like we can also scouted it out. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of interesting story this is Michael speaking. We were at a Carrie Perry, Katy Perry Kitty Perry concert and we ran into Chris Anatuque. Anakute. Anitu- Chris yeah. Anakute. Yeah, yeah. And um he manages Leon and I think he used to manage Kitty Perry. Yeah. Actually. But um our roommate happened to be friends with him and mm-hmm. we met and exchanged numbers and that kind of helped with the process of getting her on the song because we became good friends with him. Yeah. It's really cool. That's
1: awesome. Was it like a, did you immediately know like when she got on the track? Um, was it just like, oh, this is this is it. Like we got this. This is perfect. Yeah. Like the course, first the first take, answer is yes. The first, <laughs> yeah. 100%. The first take of us recording her in the studio was just like, okay, this is insane. She's just perfect. Yeah. Oh. Um, is is she um, is she on other music that you may be working on? I know we're talking about this one song, but mm. um, you know you guys have done a lot of music in the past with lots of other folks and lots of other vocalists. Yeah, is she collaborating with you on other things too?
4: Um, no, just this for now. Like no. like I said, now that we're um, focusing on our own vocals, we're mm. yeah we're we're gonna be yeah most of the stuff that we're gonna be putting out after this is gonna be us.
1: The um the track has sort of when I've listened to it, it has this, like, I have words written down. It has this punchy percolating poppy <laughs> vibe percolady. to it.
4: Percolating. I like that
1: word. <laughs> triple, the triple P. Yeah. The, I was going for the alliteration there of the, the PPP. Um, and I find myself and I was literally like knocking my head, like be, the knocking my head to the right and left mm. when I'm supposed to in the song, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, because the because of the way you've built the song, mm. it has this sort of this the synth part comes in, and you think it's going to go like blah, yeah. and it immediately pulls you back. Yep, pulls you back, wants you back, and then yeah. it sort of gets closer, and then it comes back, and it never kind of hits you over the head. It's always like this sort of give and take. Um, can you talk about sort of the sort of the production of the song and and why you kind of wanted to structure the song the way you did and the way it sounds?
4: Yeah, I think the best art like sets you up with an expectation and then breaks it. Mm. Like the best movies and the best comedy, you know. Like if you if you're Full listening jab. to comedy and you know what the punchline is about to be, it's probably not that funny, right? right? Yeah. Um, so that's how we kind of approach music a lot of the time. It's like uh, coming up to the second verse. Yeah, that's probably the moment you're talking about. Like the second verse just sucks right back in. And mm-hmm. We love moments like that. Um. What do you want to say production wise? Like, we, there's lots of moments in this song. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, the production references what the lyrics are saying. We've been doing that a lot more. and
2: We were else. actually talking about the fact that the the lyric seems you know almost like melancholy, like yearning for a relationship back, but then the production seems upbeat. So it's interesting yeah. you say that. Yeah. You know, it seems mm-hmm. like a juxtaposition. Yeah.
4: We that's on purpose too. Yeah. Um. Like there's just a lot of hidden stuff. Like when it says running over red lights the first time, there's a like car zooming by. Mm. And then the start of the second verse, it says like a float in the ocean, and we have like bubbles. Hmm. There's like a bunch of like hidden little Easter eggs. Like and,
2: not yeah. obvious, but it when like on repeat listens, yeah.
1: yeah you,
4: hopefully people pick it up because, yeah, that's fun. Yeah.
1: Well, it makes it. I mean, I think. I mean, you guys have talked about that. I think before in reference to the middle, which is. I mean, it's hard not to talk about the middle, I realize. But I think you had talked about how you like sort of interesting sounds and unexpected kind Mm -hmm. of effects that you wouldn't think would necessarily work in a song. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you said
2: cinematic specifically, like, you know, the sound of The the wood chopping, the axe. Yeah,
1: especially in pop radio. Like Like it's sort of...
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a lot different to hear those type of things on a pop radio song because people aren't willing to, like, take the risk, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool to have
1: that in there. Do you think that's changing now, like to a degree? Because of you guys (laughs) to a certain degree? I
4: would say so, maybe. Yeah. Because it it just really does stand out when you use like foley and like we just a lot of the samples we use are movie
1: made for movies. Yeah. So like like, from like a kit or like that you sample it from a like a effect from a movie that you
4: Oh no no no. I mean there's sample packs that are made for movies. Oh, I see. Mm. Um and we tend to use those even when they don't seem musical like the wood chopping thing like you know you wouldn't think of that as being in a song but, but you hear it on the radio like what was that so right but it also yeah.
2: it's funny like it it almost like because you're hearing it on the radio your brain tricks you into thinking it's just like it's oh it's just another beat or whatever yeah. but then when you actually dissect it it's like oh my god that's how they like made that mm-hmm. effect yeah exactly so, that's cool
1: yeah I, I mean uh, the Bieber song with um, the one with the dolphin. Oh, oh, you're, thinking of, um, oh the you're, you're thinking of um uh, the goat.
2: You're thinking of Skrillex and Diplo. yeah Skrillex the, Diplo Beaver um,
1: with with where, the where are you now? But it had a dolphin oh. sound. Everyone was Do the like. Yeah.
2: That thing is that what you're talking about? Yeah,
1: that one. Oh, but it, oh. yeah, it's, it's a
4: vocal. It's actually a vocal. It's a vocal that sounds like a dolphin that's been pitched into <laughs> yeah, a yeah, yeah. dolphin. It was beaver. It was Beaver's vocal <laughs> sure. that was sort of
1: manipulated. But I think people are maybe people are just more accepting now of like interesting sounds yeah, as opposed to just you know, oh, it's a guitar and drums. and yeah. stuff.
4: I would say so for sure. Yeah, like
1: Talky Talky, right you know. Oh yeah, Pretty oh vocal. yeah, yeah. As long, I mean, as long as there's still like a core great melody and hook and song there.
2: Then you mm. can be a little bit weird. That's with other, the, rest
1: of it. That's the other thing about Once You Back" is like there's so many interesting bits throughout the entire song. It keeps your attention. Yeah, like we were talking about "Hey Ya" the other day, and how that whole song is just so many interesting moments. With a really great song Mm -hmm. at the core of it, Mm -hmm. which is what, you know, Once You Back is like, it's a very catchy song, but also it's always like pinging your brain. Like, your little lights are going off, like, oh, what's
4: that? What's that? What's that? (laughs) Little drips of serotonin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dopamine. Here you go. Um,
2: (laughs) I'm super curious, like, since you mentioned that you guys are going to focus on vocals, like, the fact Mm -hmm. that, first of all, Kyle, how long have you been singing? It sounded like it's new for Michael, but
4: um well i <laughs> not mean, that much longer <laughs> well no i mean i was in I've been in choirs my whole life and stuff but i just never practiced really hmm. like, so I, it was
2: just like a thing you did but not like work
4: yeah out. like it was like a period in class or whatever i would right. have like one period where i would sing or something like that but like it's not like I ever, like, tried really hard to get good at singing. So I what's just it
2: ha- like now to, like, take lessons and really try to focus on, like, you know, finding your voice, basically?
4: It's really fun. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, to me, like, half of the fun part, too, is this, the production part of the vocals, mm. I guess. Mm. Like, it's just such a puzzle for us to, I don't know, like, record a bunch of takes and then, f- and then... Put it in the song and find out what works and effects and like I, I just like the whole part of it. It's not just the singing;
3: it's like the yeah. way that yeah. you record the singing is equally as fun. You know, I think because we're new to it, we're really like excited about the process of um, editing our own vocals. Usually, people hate that process, <laughs> and, like, yeah. Pro Tools, but it's every, fun for us. for sure It's really sure. fun for us. Yeah, is and it? you
2: can do second takes very easily. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually,
3: this is Michael speaking. We actually, um, instead of having to go into the studio. And have like an engineer there to like kind of judge us mm. in our singing because we were <laughs> kind of nervous to sing in front of people. We just got all of the gear at our own house and just made a little vocal booth in his closet. Yeah. And then nice. just got everything we needed that was just good enough. And then so we could just do it alone, just us two. Yeah. Which have cool.
1: you, um, forgive me, and I should know this, have you sung live in front of like a proper audience as Gray
3: yet? Uh, there was like a. Um UMPGs, UMPG like showcase writers like, showcase yeah. yeah but like
1: internally like for writers and yeah, like, yeah just for right now which so is nothing. almost worse because <laughs> they all because no like, they're all talented yeah. yeah yeah
3: that was like the first time I've ever been singing in front of anyone how did that go wow well, was... he had to sing the middle which yeah I so, really that's I so unfair so they were know. like we want, we want, it was really high like, they're like we want you guys to sing one song that's like obviously very popular and then one song that's new. So I got to sing like a, one of the songs that I've written recently. So you, you, got, you got
1: the easy gig almost because they hadn't heard that before.
3: Yeah, they never heard that. But like yeah. I've never sang in front of anyone in my life. So I was just like so nervous. <laughs> oh man.
4: Did it
1: go over well though, do
3: you think? Yeah,
4: overall it was good. Yeah. My
3: girlfriend was in the audience and I was like, hey guys, this song, it's this like next bet- song is, a. Uh, I wrote this song about my girlfriend and she's actually right here. <laughs> and then I literally started off with the wrong lyric like two, like <laughs> s- the second lyric and then I just had to restart uh, I was like <laughs> oh, and I was just like so red and nervous and I was just like I-, I have to restart and then I looked at him <laughs> and he was just like what's going on? What are you doing? And, and, he's, and he's just like oh, pressing. Yeah, play. He's right, like, just Michael's go, just go. It, it was, it was all right. <laughs> it, it was, was probably like 10 seconds of like weird, but yeah. then <laughs> it's a safe space. You're with your peers. Yeah. at Yeah. Least.
1: yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah amazing. It,
1: inside your head. You made it think that it was a much bigger it deal. Like yeah. A couple hours. <laughs> Turns out it was like about four seconds. Right. <laughs> like, can you restart? All right, I gotcha. And then we're moving on. <laughs> Do you have any
2: idea when you might be releasing anything that has your vocals on it?
4: Um, Probably around March or April. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah.
3: kind of depends on Want You Back. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully sure. it does really well and it takes a... You need a yeah. full year just like the metal <laughs>
4: for right. everyone to process right. it. So
1: come yeah. next, like, next January, <laughs> yeah, so we'll be talking uh, again. We'll, get the, we'll no. get the third single. No, we'll we're we're going to have, have some, way
4: more music out next year than this year. That's yeah, great. we
3: have like 13, 14 songs
4: done.
1: Yeah. Is the intention yeah. to have like a like a body of work, like an album or something? I don't know what how we're going to release it, like what it will
4: be called or how it will be packaged. But we have like, yeah, 14 songs.
1: Wow. So. Cause I mean, cause now it's just so hard to tell what, what an album is. I mean like the Chainsmokers are doing this really weird thing where they're kind of like reverse engineering an album where they're kind of like putting out a handful of songs at a time and like dribbling them out as part of part of a concept there are no rules there anymore. are no rules yeah. anymore like Selena Gomez has put out like eight singles in the past like two years right. and she's like, eh, album, album. Right. like yeah album schmalbum i'll get to it when i want and you know a lot of sort of kind of dance artists um i mean we cons- we, we still consider you as a dance artist because yeah. that's fine right um, um, <laughs> Whatever you want. dance pop you know acoustic folk you know bluegrass i don't know i don't know yeah. what's up your sleeve um uh, as sort of singles driven artists um, so it's interesting that you know there's maybe a body of work that we might get from you down the road in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. I think
3: that a bo- for in order for a body of work to actually be con- congested correctly, like you need a full fan base that's like hardcore. It's mm. gonna mm. want to listen to it. And I think right now we're kind of we don't really have that core fan base. Mm-hmm. So it'd be kind of weird to put out a body of work where people are just like, who are you? Yeah, and they don't we'll want to listen to it. It's we'll tricky see. though
4: because if you put out a single every two months, that will take two years to release it <laughs> yeah. okay, uh, you know right? yeah. it's just crazy there's yeah. no
1: rules yeah um and uh, are there shows that we can talk about or is the intention again people are hearing this right after the songs come out are there going to be shows or tour or performances yeah
4: in spring we'll, in spring we'll, we'll be probably opening up for someone in spring and then mm-hmm. go from there
1: when you say probably does that mean that the deal's already done <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's no. not finalized yet it's not but something some some Person that we have heard of, yeah, maybe,
2: and then we can hear your vocals live. Yeah, yeah, that'll (laughs) be exciting. No
1: pressure.
3: I hope you hear it not live before live. Yeah, (laughs) not live before live. Like, like not. I hope you hear the. I hope you hear the recording. Yeah. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, Got it.
2: (laughs) I was thinking you want us to see like don't see like a YouTube video, like actually see us in person. Oh yeah. (laughs) No. no, no. (laughs) Um.
1: Anything else? What have I missed? Anything?
2: Um. I don't think so. It sounds like we uh, are in for a lot of gray next year. Yeah, It's exciting. Good or luck I should on say this year. We're this, this year we, we are technically in
1: 2019 now, <laughs> right. as you hear this, <laughs> even though we're recording this before Christmas. Um, well, good luck on everything this year, and uh, much success to you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, so, you. Much. so much. Appreciate it. Thanks to Grey for coming by and sitting down with us. Congratulations on the release of Want You Back, and good luck at the Grammy Awards. And now, let's do the chart stat of the week. (laughs) Ten years ago this week, Lady Gaga topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart for the very first time, as Just Dance boogied its way to number one. The song, featuring Colby O'Donis, climbed to the top of the list dated January seventeenth, two 2009, and spent a total of three weeks at number one. It's been ten years, Katie. Does it seem like ten years?
2: Well, I haven't heard the name Colby O'Donis in a while. That feels like ten years ago. This wasn't an invitation
1: to shade Colby. (laughs) Jeez. Katie <laughs> No There's... shade. No shade, just, just telling you facts. <laughs> that 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 is that is a name from the past, yes. yes. But it doesn't I mean it doesn't seem like ten years of, of Lady Gaga, but it has been. Um, the track marked Gaga's first hot one hundred hit of her thirty so far to date through this podcast recording, and her first of three number ones. She also topped the tally with Poker Face and Born This Way. Fun bonus fact, Born This Way was also the 1,000th number one single on the Hot 100 chart.
2: Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. Gaga most recently visited the top 10 of the Hot 100 with her Golden Globe winning song Shallow with Bradley Cooper from their film A Star is Born. So there you have it. Ten years ago this week, Lady Gaga just danced her way to number one on the Hot 100 chart. Just dance. Red one, (laughs) confit, ka (laughs) ka.
2: Oh, what a what a career trajectory this woman has had. I mean, to look at it's exactly ten years ago from Just Dance, and she's like a month away from the possibility of you know winning an Oscar. It's nuts. Like the whole thing
1: is nuts. (laughs) Winning an Oscar or two, possibly or two, maybe some Grammys also to add to her collection. It's just redonkulous. It truly is. Gaga, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the Pop Shop again. We need to formally ask this
2: woman, as opposed to just sending her messages through the podcast, hoping I, she I, might listen till the end.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess actually emailing you know her and her representatives might actually be more forceful. We, than just, we'll
2: get at you. Yeah, we,
1: we'll we'll send you a DM, Gaga. Can, can we make it happen? Um, all right. So, um, what song should we go out on?
2: Oh, maybe maybe something from Gaga. Um, sure. Okay. obviously not just dance because we just heard that but
1: but um, I'll, I'll let you pick
2: okay we're gonna go out on um, uh, Alejandro Shh. okay <laughs> so much all right see you
4: guys
1: next time bye
4: don't go my name